Hey guys, just want to give you a heads up before you listen to this podcast. This is a disclaimer. Um, We're going to be talking about some very sensitive topics, including child murder, molestation, sexual assault, amongst other things. Um, Remember, this is a comedy podcast. We do joke about things. We in no way are making light of what happened to the victims that really has something happened to them. It is very horrific. The purpose of this podcast is to talk about the people who are innocently railroaded and um, convicted of something they didn't commit. Welcome back to another episode of Legends and Libations, the podcast where we debunk. Let me repeat that again. Sorry. Where we debunk. It's a lot to say. Welcome back to another episode of Legends and Libations. Uh, the podcast yeah, that over that was terrible. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. You, you, you came in. And... You came in like this, and then it like. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. sorry. Know, Whatever. All right. Is this better? Welcome back to another episode of Legends and Libations, the podcast where we debunk urban myths, common misconceptions, and other weird things that happen in this world that people don't think they have an explanation for. As always, I'm your host, Josh, with my co-host, Ross. Hello, hello. Hey, guys. Uh, we also have a very special guest, a longtime listener, surprisingly, to the podcast. And there's a reason why he is invited to this episode, and we will get to that a little bit later. It is okay. my good friend, Louis Ramirez. Hey. Hey everybody, how's it going? It's um, this is kind of weird to kind of bring this up right now in the middle of the podcast, but I was told not necessarily that I was going to be a, a guest host. I thought I was going to be a co-host. It was actually part of the contract that uh, we signed before we started this actual. Uh, you you know what? I'm just it's, it's neither here nor there. It's fine. Okay, fine. I'm a guest. I'm Wait, a guest. are we getting paid for this? I know for uh, this contract. I don't know about you guys, but I heard that there also wasn't any sort of endorsement. So I went out and got endorsements on my own. So I got to make sure that we plug these before some this NILs. podcast is over. Some you want to yeah. okay. plug one of them right now or do you want to wait? Yeah, yeah that would be great if I can. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by uh, Trevor's Enemas. Okay, they only come in two sizes, large and extra large. And they have two different flavors. One is regular and the other one is asparagus. And it's completely sustainable, okay? So they reuse the actual packets, which is awesome. And it's organic because some of the material stays inside. So Trevor Enemas, you guys can get them in any of your retail stores uh, or gas stations. And by retail stores, I usually mean like, you know, gas stations. And uh, back to you. Thank you, guys. But not Don't like Wawa's, correct? It's like, like the, no, no, no. the no, no. creepy ones. Only the that, classy Circle K's. Yeah, the you told the totems. With the, with, with the outside bathrooms, oh. yes, and the and the and the heat hangings with the long uh, what's it called the uh, the hubcaps, like the two by fours or hubcaps mm-hmm. to get you into the bathroom. Hey, exactly. Um, so we are in October, which means what kind of season? Uh, fall. Pumpkin spice lattes. That is what I was going for. Actually, I thought someone <laughs> say fall or. Uh, Halloween. I was like, no, it's PSL time, baby. I said spooky dookies. Spooky dookie. What is that? 
I don't know. You, you have a scary poop. I don't yeah. Know. You never had a spooky dookie, Josh? I, I feel like we've all had spooky dookies at, at least between the ages of eight and ten. I'm yeah. pretty sure you still have them, Lewis. You drop a yes. deuce and the water splashes up and then it scares you. But is, the, is that a spooky? I thought that was King Triton's kiss. <laughs> okay, those are not both of those things at all. I thought King Triton's kiss was when you were in the ocean and a shark, you know, sniffed at your butt. And then the other spooky dookie, you know what? There's neither here nor there. I feel like we're getting far off topic. We that can be cut, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not shark but, week. So we're in the wrong season. Wrong season. It's PSL season, not Shark Week. Come on, Lewis. If you want to be a co-host, you got to do better than that. <sighs> All right. Back to our on topic, I guess we'll say. Yeah. Uh, first of all, this is also a libations podcast. What's everybody drinking? Lewis, you can go first. Awesome. All right. So I kind of already, uh, due to some morphine circumstances prior to this podcast starting, I actually finished off my Eagle Rare, which is a whiskey bourbon. I don't know if you guys ever tried it. It's love actually really good. It's from yeah. Kentucky. So I, I had it neat. I might have to ask, depending on, I don't like to drink that much while the kids are still awake, but I had it. It was really good. Good. Nice. I am also drinking of the bourbon whiskey variety. Um, but if you think of a whiskey that has to do with October and spooky things, mm-hmm. um, and it's an ingredient inside of pumpkin spice lattes, what would you think that would be? What kind of whiskey? A whiskey? Mm. Wait, what? So uh, the, flavor of this, the flavor oh. of this whiskey is in pumpkin spice lattes, as well as like dealing with the smells of the season. So the allspice, like the pump, the allspice. So kind of, and spice. the brand of whiskey is also pretty spooky and has to do with uh, nightmarish things. Think past, think past uh, to the last podcast we did. Or second to last. Yeah. Before Hitler's dogs. We what had was, that one. Then? We had hell. Oh, hypnotic. hell have it? We did that one already. It's fireball. Come on, guys. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. How does that taste like fall? Cinnamon. Uh, no, it's, it's tastes, cinnamon. You know what? Because yeah. when I you know, it's because when I think I do, that's true. Because when I think I of uh, fall, I think of pitbull. Hence, I think of fireball. Gotcha. So he's absolutely okay. right. Well, I have fireball, but it's going inside of a key lime heart apple cider. So uh, interesting. It's, it's uh, yeah. very, very delicious. So we I love. I'm having an Angel Envy bourbon. That's hilarious. We're all having bourbons. And I picked mine That's, for a reason. I have to crack mine open. Hold on. Go for it. Why Angel's Envy? Because we're going to be talking about the satanic panic. Awesome. Awesome. I got to protect myself from all you Satanists. Sure. Hey. The wild women. The wild women. The, the grinding and the tearing. The yeah. ripping and the tearing. The ripping and the tearing. <laughs> the the tearing. Thank you. Oh, um, okay. Uh, what do either of you know about the satanic panic? Yeah, hmm. I really don't know much about it. I think it's just people that are scared of either a going to hell or people scared of people worshiping hell or maybe getting away from like 
being religious and so everything is satan and bad for you i mean i didn't yeah so i didn't i didn't prep for any of this at all so when i think of satanic panic i think of people that i i guess were afraid of the occult and or um constantly seeing that they are constantly saying that they're viewing things in monster cans or in music or you know that magician uh is doing black magic and so on yeah yeah yep no Oh, I, I forgot about the uh, monster energy drink lady. I totally forgot about her. Um, this whole satanic panic thing was like a huge thing back in like the early 80s. And the more I talk, the more you're going to be like, holy shit, holy shit, yeah, holy shit. I, I, I remember this. I remember this. I remember that. You'll, you'll start to kind of like start jogging your memory. Okay. So we'll begin. Um, let me pause right quick. There's a reason why Lewis is on this podcast. Number one, because he he begged and complained for the past year about coming on. Just kidding. Lewis, what is your undergrad degree in? My undergrad degree? I don't Correct. know. I'm assuming crazy. I got mine's in criminal investigations, but I don't know yeah. what else you're talking about. Yeah. That's what do you have another undergrad degree I don't know about? No. Okay. No, I don't know. Unless you were going to say something crazy, that's why I'm ballroom dancing. Going. He has a minor yeah. in ballroom dancing. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I'm yeah, being serious. it's jazz. <laughs> um, it's it is interpretive dance, Ross. Show some respect. No, <laughs> seriously, uh, he has undergrad in criminal investigation. So he was trying to be uh, CSI. He wanted to be um, Horatio Kane from CSI Miami. He has his own catchphrases and everything. But in all honesty, he does have it, and that's going to play a factor into the story why he's here. Okay. Okay. Let's start. Kern County, California, 1982. The police arrive at the house of Alvin and Debbie McCown. And what had happened was the cops received a call from their kid's step grandmother. So it was Alvin's stepmother. Her name was Mary Ann Barber. And what had happened was Mary Ann had been talking to the grandchildren and it came to light that um, Alvin and Debbie McCount, along with the Nevin family, uh, were sexually abusing these children badly. But worst case scenario was they're all part of this big satanic cult in the area. And what they were doing, they were taking local children from the uh, daycare that they had and they were basically taking these children. They were sacrificing, making them kill animals. They're making them kill their friends. Uh, they were like sexually assaulting them over and over and over. And this uh, DA in this County named Ed Jangles uh, found out about it. And he arrested 36 people for this. And Lewis, I know you don't do this for your job, but there was zero physical evidence to prove that these children were molested. And what they did is they took each of the children in uh, over and over and interviewed them one-on-one and got a confession that these people were molesting them. And 10 people were convicted of this. Does this sound pretty reasonable to you? No, actually. Uh, I'm, first thing I'm thinking about is whether or not they actually did they actually test them you know do rape test kits and then if they're bringing them in one by one in their minders why weren't their parents there 
because their parents um, were doing it, dude. The parents, the parents were Satanists. What's yeah, wrong with you? They're the ones putting in the the. They're the ones committing the crime, so they're going to ask them without that. Yeah, yeah. they have to at least some sort of guardian or representative. I don't know. But yeah, um, so yeah. No, no circumstantial evidence whatsoever. Nothing to be able to. Zero. Only, only uh, witness testimony, which is basically nothing. I mean, yeah, thirty people were brought in, but only ten were convicted. Yes. Okay. Uh, the McCowns. That's true. Uh, the the Niffins. That's right. I said the Nevels. The Niffins, and then um, a couple of other people. A guy named uh, Jim Stoll. A guy named um, Edgar Alvarez. All these people were kind of like it, like these. So the the McCowns and the Niffins were related. Other people were people in the county during that time that this DA was just like sensing all these people like just hammering it home. Um, basically, like the judge would only allow certain people to testify. Um, he wouldn't let experts testify in behalf of the defense. He would overrule things. Um, Ten people were convicted for this in 1982, like I said. Uh, the McCowns and the Niffins were released in 1997. Do the math for that one. Oh, boy. Okay. So Jim Stoll was a carpenter, and they basically brought his kid in to get questioned. And the kid said, oh, yeah. He got sentenced to 1,000 life sentences. And I don't know how they figured that out, but that's what he was um, co- um, convicted for. But I don't know how... So they had the evidence, apparently. I mean, to convict them, you need it. They evidence, did. Right? The testimony of the children. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So they gave. So I'm assuming they gave the guy life plus a thousand years. Even. No, like they, they said, a thousand life sentences. Doesn't make any sense, dude. Dude, how much of this so stuff he, makes sense at all? So he, I'm just wondering if they have his ghost in prison. So okay, I'm I'm kind of oblivious. You know, obviously, Lewis knows and you know because of the research and whatnot. Why is it not making sense? Is it go for it, Lewis? A thousand life sentences. I mean, why would you give somebody a sentence like that? It gets to the point, at least for me, right? You know, the person's not going to make it out of jail and give someone life without the possibility of parole. In the state of Florida, life is like 20 years, but if you're not giving them parole, they're still staying in jail. So, why give a thousand, a thousand life sentences? Like the person's not getting out. Yeah, I mean, I understand, but that, but Josh is saying that none of it makes sense. Like bringing in the people, the testimonies. Like, well, what does it make sense? To- so, put so we're well, gonna talk about that in a hot second. Um, Jim Stall was actually uh, acquitted, and his thing was, re- and his um, conviction was reversed in two thousand and four, and he sued Kern County and the DA. For ten million dollars, uh, the DA fought it and lost. Surprisingly, but everybody lost. Um, Alvarez, a guy I mentioned before, his children they brought in, and they said he said he could hear them in like the next room going, "My dad never molested me. My dad never did that. My dad." And they're like, "Nah, he did. He did." Um, and he just got out in two thousand and one. But he is still a registered sex offender for a crime he didn't commit. So the problem is, is that, and Lewis can probably talk about this a lot. A lot of these children, their minds are very Plato-ish. They're very malleable. You can change it. So did you ever watch Making a Murderer? 
Lewis? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and and uh, Ross, did you watch? I think that I've seen no? one or yes. two episodes. That's the one with okay. like the big kind of burly, like white haired guy. Yeah, yeah. Steve Avery yeah. or something. Yeah. So his 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 nephew, um, Brandon Dassey, uh, they would kind of go, hey, you know, you remember whenever you, when y'all killed that girl and y'all raped that girl? Like, you remember what time it was? And you go, yeah, it was like noon. They go, are you sure? Uh, it was afternoon. Are you sure? It wasn't the evening. It was the evening. So they start putting leading questions in. This is a very mm-hmm. complex tactic. And that's why an adult has to be present when a child is questioned because, you know, you and I don't have kids yet. Lewis has two kids, a child with a very active imagination. Yeah. If Joaquin was like brought by himself and they said, you know, what happened? What story would Joaquin weave? He wouldn't tell the truth. I love him. He's my godson. That kid would not tell the truth, man. He'd be all over the place. You're right, saying Lewis? they can be manipulated pretty easily. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you I think I feel Lewis? like that's kind of like a, a Mandala effect as well. Like it was afternoon, right? I'm like, uh, no, it was morning. No, it was afternoon. And he's like, oh, well, maybe it was. And now I'm just not thinking. You know, I feel like it could be that. That's true. But they're basically wanting to say, like, this is the time it happened. This is when it makes sense that it happened, type of thing. Lewis, you want to weigh in? No, yeah. No, you're absolutely right in what you're saying, Josh. Um, particularly, especially, like, uh, not only kids, but I think with the, and this is the, obviously the information that's given to us through the movie is that Brendan Dennis, he had a low IQ. So people with very low IQs are, are you know, you're able to manipulate them as well. Especially yeah, when you have someone kids. there. I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. But also very young kids, too. Like, yeah. I, I said, you know, your kid has a very active imagination, and Mm-hmm. Even if they try to lead him, he can start talking about random stuff. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, you know, when my dad, he went, he he went and he hunted down that drug lord and he like he stabbed him a bunch of times. And then we flew away in a helicopter. It's like, what? Yeah. What does what, that do with anything? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, so, yeah. I, I'm like, not helping with it either. Cause anytime you ask me a question that I don't feel like answering, like it might be too complex. I really I literally start off with like a rant about anything else. And just continue to add to the story until he just basically loses focus and walks away. Creating like a Dungeons and Dragons like storyline. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So great. So that's how it happened. So basically, like it'd be like if Lewis was accused of something and they brought his son in who is how old is he now? Nine? Ten? Hey, you're close. Okay. I was like, because he was, it was, it was in the middle of residency, which I just found out that was so long ago last night. Um, and they try to get him like a story. He can like, and they try to help, like, they think they're trying to help guide him. And he just kind of goes like, oh, maybe they're right. And they're like, okay, well, Mr. Ramirez is guilty because of his son's testimony. And my son wasn't even there. What are you talking about? That's the problem with this whole situation, Ross. Okay, gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, are these, how old were these kids in the story? Uh, they were that age or younger, like okay. six to yeah. nine. That's right around when they can kind of start coming up with their own concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was like crazy. Like you said, like they like watched him like um, dissect Dan, like make him dissect Dan, make them kill their, their friends, like Timmy came home from back to us, and they they killed him, and they made me eat part of him, and they ate part of him, and then they then they they touched me, and it's like what the what? Wouldn't you know that Timmy's gone? 
but my my question is how did they did they all come up with that kind of same story? Well, the cops are feeding the story. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so the cops are going, hey, you know, to, this is to try and break up this like cult or maybe these like get these parents in trouble on purpose. Well, they, the they thought they were it? they thought they were God's work. Gotcha. Well, I'm gonna talk about that in a little yep. bit. But the problem it all started with the the step grandmother. Uh she got involved in something and she kind of had that crusade. That's where it kind of snowballed from. We're going to uh, do a little flip over to McMartin preschool is uh, in Manhattan beach, California since 1983, seven daycare workers were all accused of the exact same thing. Their case lasted seven years, but luckily for them, no convictions. Could you have been put in jail for 20 years for a crime you didn't commit that you were killing and diddling children? Lewis has dealt a lot with the uh, prison system. How well does it go for someone who's convicted of like child molestation or child rape in prison, Lewis? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, when he says that, by the way, Ross, it doesn't mean I spent time in jail. I just worked in the prison system. Wait, uh, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He worked there for 10 years. At, then why do you tell people you work for a dime? I worked at, for a dime in Tallahassee. A what? A dime is 10 years, but it, it, it can also oh. be a bag uh, of drugs. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, obviously, it's it's the things that you always hear, Ross, right? Like, the, the you know, they get um, they get into tussles, unnecessary tussles. People beat them up and or they get stabbed. They usually, depending on on if people know them, they're actually segregated from the rest of the general population. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of the whole... Um... Who's the guy from uh, Subway? Jared. Like, yeah. I've heard like stories oh, yeah. about him too, yeah. in prison. So, but let's just say like you were convicted of molesting some kid that you did not molest. How much is your life going to be hell in prison every day for a crime you didn't commit? Yeah, it's not going to be good. That's why they tell you, they told well, the inmates not to talk about your, you know, what you're in for. Mm-mm. They tell them that all the time because, you know, a lot of times, obviously, that's not displayed on TV because if people then find out what you're really in there for and it's something like that, it, it can get serious depending on the prison that you're in. I'm sure it gets worse if you lie about it. Like, oh, I shot 10 people. Nope, you did all little kids. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you're bang on. So that one was almost as bad as this next one the west memphis three has anybody heard of them isn't that an r&b group i feel like that's an r&b group like didn't they open up for casey and jojo back in like the late 90s that would be so great um that's the fourth member of um boys to men right <laughs> so this is uh West Memphis, Arkansas. This was in the early 90s. You have heard of this one. It was where um they found the body of three young boys and then they convicted three teenagers who were listening like big fans of the Metallica. You ever heard of the story? No, I've never heard of that at all. Really? Okay. Nope. Yeah. This one is quite a doozy. Um before we get into this one, because this one's a little bit deep and a little bit dark, Lewis, do you have another um, endorsement you need to plug? I do. Thank you very much uh, for that. Before we start that plug, though, I do want to say 
kind of concerned about what you were watching Saturday mornings because you know about all these West Memphis three things. Uh, and if this happened in 83, you must have been like, I don't know, four. So what were your parents letting you watch I wasn't uh, watching, early yeah. Saturday mornings or something? Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. Another one. It's actually still from Trevor's. It's actually tra Trevor's uh, sustainable. So it's all about sustainability, right? Um, condoms. They're, they're uh, reusable, rewashable. Uh, they, these come actually in three flavors, regular, which I don't know what that means, asparagus, and then uh, lemon lime. So they're trying out as well, ice as well, all organic. Uh, reusable, right? So they're trying to not pollute the earth, which is a very big deal. I don't know about you guys, but you know, it's all about, it's all about, you know, trying to keep uh, earth clean and trying to minimize, uh, you know, pathogens and whatever else it is. So Trevor's um, reusable condoms, you can get them at every single um, Utotem and or gas station. Um, definitely not at Wawa's. I'm pretty sure that these aren't even legal. So I have to actually check with Trevor right now. Um, Where are they yeah. located in the in the store? Are they they're, since yeah, they're uh, edible and sustainable? Are they near like food products, or are they more on like the like uh, oil section for your car? That's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, they're actually next to either the windshield washers or the hot dogs. So you got to be very careful exactly where they are. Now that you know. I'm not gonna lie, these endorsements are kind of crazy because I, I should have probably asked what regular flavor meant, but that's neither here nor there. The, the hot dogs. I don't know dogs, what they're made of. They're near hot dogs, so you can test them out. There's like demos, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, so wait, 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 wait. Pause. What is this thing made out of? Mm, yeah, it's all latex. It's all just, it's what they do is um, they, it's like a recycling center. Right. So like instead of you throwing away, either flushing it down a toilet or anything like that, which is not good for, you know, the pipes and all that stuff, they send you um, canisters at home, kind of like recyclable, um, you know, I, I don't want to say the word, but condom, uh, recyclable condom pouches. So then anytime you, you know, do your business, which whatever it is that you do with them, whether you use them as water balloons and things like that, you go ahead and you seal it up, you throw it in this pouch, somebody comes once a month, comes and picks it up and all that stuff. And then what they do is that they wash them, sanitize them and all that. And then basically uh, resell them all organic, all sustainable, which is what's, what's very important here. I feel like we're forgetting that, that it's all sustainable and all organic. Very useful in prison, reusable. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that riveted endorsement, Lewis. I believe you and Pret is correct, right? He must be paying you very well. Do you have like any tattoos or wrappings on like your car for him or no? No, not not currently. Uh, the way that we negotiated this is that I just get I get ten bucks up front, right? And then he gave me a coupon to go to Chick Fil A and I can get whatever sandwich I want as long as it's not for breakfast. And additionally, for any sort of these sustainable condoms and or enemas that he sells, I get two cents on a dollar, which is good. Oh, a royalty. That, that's, a, that's a Shark Tank um, exclusive yeah. there. But know, is, exactly. it's only for the regular flavor. Which no, is, it's actually it for the lemon lime flavor. It's funny that you mentioned that. It's because I, I, didn't, I didn't know, till, I still don't know what regular meant. So I went with the lemon lime because I thought people... Uh, would be pleasing because I, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna go with the asparagus one. I mean, let's be serious, you guys. Okay, I'm not a complete idiot. Okay. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh well. And on that note, we are back to 
the crazy satanic panic. Um, I misspoke. I said 1983 is 1993, so that's my fault. This is the West Memphis Three. These were three young children that were found um, killed in the Robin Hood Woods in West Memphis, Arkansas. Their names were Stevie Branch, Chris Byers, and um, Michael Moore. They were known to be missing um, on the May 5th that evening, and they did not start the search until like midnight that night, which is kind of weird. We, we can't just blow past the idea that some kid named Richard Branch got killed in the woods. That's Stevie Branch. Stevie Branch, but oh, in I, the woods, you connect those. <laughs> did funny, not even funny. think about that. That is if a if Stevie Branch dies in the woods, does anybody hear it? Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Um, the um, so they look everywhere for these kids and they cannot find them. But eventually, like two days later, they go to the Robin Hood Woods and they're looking. And then they see uh, these sticks in the water and they pull it up. They kind of lift it up and the kids float up and they're all very like, they're all naked and like tied up. And one was um, mutilated. Like his penis had been skinned off. Mm. Like it was there, but it had been skinned off. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't Jesus. really want to talk about that anymore. Keep moving on. So he was he was super circumcised. Okay, got it. Yeah, so that was um Chris Byers. He was the one that did. Other ones did not. He's the only one that had it, which is interesting. I thought they kept saying that it was like cut off, but no, they had filleted it off. I don't know. They could not figure out for a long time who it was, and it was mounting pressure from the community to figure out who it was. And there started being talks in the churches going. Satan is having to do this. Satanic worship has something to do with this. This is a very small town. And what they figured out was, well, who here is a Satanist? Because it had to be somebody the kids knew, right? It had to have been. Um, and they went and they questioned um, Je uh, Jesse Miss Kelly. And they asked about him and his two friends, Damian Eccles and Jason Baldwin. Now, all these kids were big Metallica fans. They like Dungeons and Dragons. They were uh, like they wore like black trench coats. They were kind of like the goth or the emo back in the nineties. And they and yeah, they that did... was really popular back then. Exactly. And so, basically, this very small southern town, they took Jesse Miss Kelly, who had like a IQ of ninety. Let me double check that. I when I was a young boy, <laughs> for real, to the woods. Um, that's pretty much it. But it's the exact same thing. They were so they held him for questioning for twelve hours, and they did not record any of the, um, any of it, the interrogation to the last forty-five minutes. And he was a minor at the time. He was seventeen years old. And he had no lawyer present. He was never read his rights. And all they recorded was the last 45 minutes. Do you have any issues with this so far, Lewis? Uh, yeah. I can name a few, and I don't even have that degree. 
<laughs> yeah, and I'm not trying to play a lawyer and all that stuff, but it looks like, oh, the things that you're telling me and how many times they interviewed him for like 10 hours or so. And I'm pretty sure that his, um, I'm pretty sure there was like police coercion in, in the way that they, they um, made him testify or interrogated him, right? I'm sure that his statement probably changed several times during this about what happened. Mm-hmm. So, the funny thing was even like the recorded conversation, which my guess, I think your my guess is your guess, is that they coached him, they coerced him into to tell this narrative um, about what happened. He said that um, Damien and Jason were holding out two of the boys and they prayed to Satan and they started like molesting them and raping them. They started to kill them. And one of the kids took off and he chased them down and carried them back and they finished them off. And then the funny thing was they go, well, when did this happen, Jesse? And he goes, um, in the morning. And they go, oh, but you were in school. He's like, oh yeah. So it's about lunchtime. They go, it wasn't later. And he goes, yeah, probably right after school. And they said, it wasn't later than that. So last I seen the kids about 6 p.m. He's like, no, nah, I think it was like nighttime. They go, yeah, it was nighttime, right? And they go, yeah, yeah, it was nighttime. And so they're just putting words in his mouth at that point. And this was this was played in a fucking courtroom, and they allowed it. Mm. They allowed it. It's just crazy. Um, they well, they said, allowed it. To who did the defense? I mean, obviously they allowed it. The but judge. Was the defense using yeah, 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 the judge allowed it, but was the defense trying to use it in the sense of trying to say like clearly by these things that they were these kids or specifically Miss Kelly, I think is the name that you said, yeah. was being coerced? Yes. So what happened was they're kind of like, well, this kid changes his story five times in the confession, like you said, like you know, the, the written confession they gave him and the, the verbal confession, they are the same, but he's he's changed his mind five times on recording, but you don't know what was said beforehand for the, the last nine hours or ten hours. We don't know. And the judge was like, Well, we're not gonna, you know, ign- you know, jury ignore that. Just, you know, the, the, the confession is the confession. You got to take it on that. You can't, you know, you can't accept that. So he basically struck like the, he basically instructed the jury not to take that into account. After they've already heard it. Well, no, no, that, no, like they couldn't take into account, but he had changed his mind a lot. Yeah. Or the fact that like, so they said nothing about the police officers, like pretty, pretty much putting like words in his mouth. The defense did, and the judge was like, "Well, you know, I won't, you know, overturn, like, you know, objection." Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, like, right, oh, yeah, overruled. It's like, oh wait, what? So it was. They were kind of going up against the thing, and they they kind of hit on Damien Echoes. That was like the ringleader. They really hit on his like listening to Metallica, and um, he was a fan of Aleister Crowley, which is like this crazy guy who was like, um, he was looking for the Philosopher's Stone. He was this wacko dude back in the day. Talked about um, eternal life. Was like, oh, he was a Satanist, wasn't he? No, he's a wacko. There's a difference. So they really hit on his. Um, they really hit on his being a weirdo and an outsider. Uh, unfortunately for him, he was raised Christian and he became a Wiccan. And he explained what a Wiccan was. And then the prosecution said, well, Wiccans believe in the devil, the pentagram. You know the pentagram, yeah. right? If the do you know what the what the pentagram means? Do y'all know what that means? Do the different points mean different things? 
they do. But okay. the main I don't thing you got to remember is, is it like a north, south, east, west thing? No. Okay. Well, there's like eight so points, aren't there? Two. There or are six, five north, north. points. Uh, Pinta, yeah, Pinta. So if you look at it, if it's like the points at the bottom, it looks like the devil horns, like a goat. But yeah. um, basically, the three points that that uh, I understand the most are the one point, the one point at top that is a spirit. And then the uh, the two at the bottom are fire and earth, and that is the, the body. So if the, the points at the top, your spirit controls your body, but if you believe in it the other way around, that you let your body control your spirit. So it's how you are believe. Like you feel believe like, hey, I let my indulgences do what they want. Like if you're a hippie and you're like, you know, I'm gonna do these drugs and hook up with all these people and do these things, you are the two points at the top. You kind of go, hey, look, I have to show some restraint and I got to do this and that, then you are the one point at the top. Does that make sense? Kind of. But so they, what did, so this guy kind of thought about this in the circle or in the courtroom? Well, like what did they? No, no. So he's a, he's a, he's a practicing Wiccan. Okay. Yeah. And they said, oh, isn't the pentagram the sign of the devil? And he's like, no, he tried to explain that. And they go, it's the sign of the devil. And they kind of say, they drew it with the devil. So they're showing this super religious um, jury um, look at this devil, devil, he worships the devil, he worships the devil. No, he's wicked. Wicked's all about nature and hugging trees and shit like that. It's not about anything else. That sounds like a that's, separate podcast to me. Oh, we can totally that's, do that. That's funny that they, I guess he was trying to, based off of what you said, he tried to explain it. And I can just see this being like West Memphis and probably being ultra religious at that time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in the area that it is where it's, it's rural. They're like, I, I keep hearing that it's not the cross. So you can keep talking all you want, boy. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> gonna get to that a little bit later about um, the, the 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 satanic church and all that stuff, which is great. Um, so some issues were these were very like thin, small children. I mean, these these kids were younger that they that were killed, but it's it's kind of like you know if you carried off these children, you know your kid's eight years old, and you're a bigger guy, I'm a bigger guy. Do you think your son would just be like, okay, carry me off? He'd bite and scratch and get, you know, there'd be defensive wounds on, on the person, correct? Yeah, they'd be, if especially if the person is struggling, there'd be uh, like skin cells in the nails. Yep. You yeah. get me of the, on the bottom of the, yeah, that'd mm-hmm. be stuff. So this is yeah. early night. So at the crime scene, there was no blood at all found. Were they in water though? Well, they, they were put in water, but all the, they're, according to Jesse, they were killed on the bank right next to it. Okay. So that's the problem. Uh, hard, also, just like the other people, a lack of all this physical evidence. Like nothing's there. And the best part was that the defense brings in uh, this guy, Dr. Griffiths. <laughs> I love this guy so much. Grimace from Gri- Sesame Street? No, Griffith, like Peter Griffin, but oh, Griffin. Okay. Yeah. I know. Um, bringing grimace so oh. this, is, this is so great so this dude is a has a PhD in the occult and satanism alright the school and the best part was the defense goes and I quote how many classes did you take to get your undergrad he goes zero how many classes did you take to get your uh, masters he goes I don't understand the, the question he goes how many classes did it take to get um and then the, the, the prosecutor's like, oh, objection. He's like, sustain. And the guy keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. He's like, zero. 
And he goes, okay, how many to get your PhD? And, he, and like, they start objecting over and over. And he goes, zero. And he goes, so you're telling me you are a PhD, a doctorate with zero. And I mean, zero classes to get a PhD. That sounds like the best kind of classes. Honestly. From ITT Tech? <laughs> pretty much. I mean, pretty much. But the best part was the prosecutor, the defense goes, we moved to strike him as an expert witness because he has no credentials. And the judge, I watched the, the trial. He goes, uh, just because someone doesn't have a, um, doesn't have a degree doesn't mean they're not an expert. If they know what they're doing, they're an expert. I'm going to allow it. Oh, my God. Do you see some issues with this? Lewis, I mean, uh, Ross just made known how he felt. Well, I'm going to toss my two cents in real quick. Go for so it. So I teach at a technical school so we don't give like associates degrees we give certificates and we ask you know our people who are our students like hey how much does a certificate mean to you you know even if it's certificate in the programs that they're using and they said not very much so if a certificate doesn't even count in like the real world then you know how's it going to count in court when you exactly. don't even have a certificate so that's my two cents. <laughs> I know, I get it. The uh, another Lewis, you want to weigh in on that? Uh, the, the fact that he had no uh, schooling, I was actually look. I got curious, and I actually looked up this this guy and see what what school he actually went to. And apparently, he I'm not going to mention the school just in case, but it, it, not it, a second. It's, it's not a real school. Yeah, it, it, he went to Columbia Pacific University, which is a non traditional distance learning school. I don't know yeah. what that means, but they were closed back in 2000, and any degrees from 97 moving forward were not legally valid. Valid. Yeah. Are you surprised? And the, the best part, they interviewed this guy for this documentary, and he was like, look at this article, all the Satanism and stuff. I'm an expert on this. Like, His whole life was uh, consulting for these people. Get them what they want. Um the best part was there was like a girl they use this young girl, who they use it as a te like a damning testimony against Damien, and she was like, "Yeah, I was like listening to Damien, and he was like, I killed those three boys. I did it for Satan. I love Satan." And they go, "Where'd you hear?" They said, "Oh, he, he was walking down the street." They said, "How far were you?" This far. He goes, "Was he shouting?" She goes, "I don't know." She goes, "Who's he saying to?" I don't know. Do you what know a where terrible you were? Terrible witness. I don't. Yeah, but they use it as evidence. And you look back at like the Jerry stuff, they, they use that like the big thing for like the evidence. It was crazy how much it was. Um, the best part, like what Lewis said, there's all this, this evidence. I mean, it was still new for DNA, but they had some DNA from the rope that was used to bind these children. There was no blood, um, no fingerprints. There was no physical evidence to link it to him. He was just, they let, they're like weird kids, you know, at the occult. The um, another weird thing that happened at that time was the same day at nine o'clock at night, the police got a call at a Mr. Bojangles. And they said, Hey, there's this guy in here who seems disoriented. He's in the ladies' restroom, he's bleeding all over the place. He's like, um, he, he won't come out. We kind of talked to him, he kind of mumbles, and it took them two hours to get over there and the cop rolled through the drive-through and goes are they still there they said we're not sure we can go and she goes okay cool can i have a chicken sandwich 
That's what she said. She didn't get out of her fucking car. She didn't get out of her fucking car. The cop, yeah. Yes, but they got this person. So these three kids are all convicted of this crime with no physical evidence. Um, Well, I wonder what Metallica thought about all this. Like, they're like, my my band doesn't have anything to do with it. Jesus Christ. I was wondering, like, if they got involved because uh, the Paradise Lost is the name of the documentary. And they play a lot of uh, Metallica songs. It was, yeah, it was a, it's a small town. The problem was everybody, all the jury was from the small town too. They wouldn't move, the judge wouldn't let them move the trial. Um, the, it, you know, they didn't, they never interviewed the kids' parents. They didn't interview any of them. They didn't do any of that. They just kind of just let them, yeah. they said, oh, these Satanist boys got it. These kids were in jail. I think they got out 18 years and they got out on Alfred, please. I don't know if you know what that is, Lewis. No, what is that? So basically what usually happens is you can, it's usually if you're uh, guilty a lot of times where it's like there's enough evidence to convict you, but you maintain your innocence or you accept guilt. You don't admit you're guilty or innocent. And the problem was they got new evidence. So it was the same judge every time, that, that douchebag judge every single time. And he kept going, I'm not going to give you an appeals. I'm not going to give you appeals. New evidence, DNA came out that said it was not linked to any of them. The most likely person connected to it was uh, Stevie Branch's stepdad. He was the one, his DNA closely matched to the rope. That was wow. the only person they had close to it. And they never interviewed that guy. And the judge said, not enough to overturn it. These kids are guilty. They, they worship Satan. They can worship Satan in jail. Mm-hmm. And, if, and it went to the Supreme Court of Arkansas who said, we'll give you an Alfred plea. So basically, they are not, these guys are not innocent. They are still guilty, but they're free. Yeah. So they're basically saying, like, all we want you to do is just say you did it, and then we'll let you go, like, just so we could say that we were right type thing. Oh, well, just so then you can, you can sue us also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they, they can't, yeah, exactly. They can't sue. Yeah. They can't legally sue these people who kept them away. Wow. Um, I was watching when they got, uh, this is going to sound like so messed up, but when they were, like, their press constantly were released, and Damien Eccles had this big, like, cold sore on his lip. And I'm like, I wonder if he got that before prison or during prison. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Herps. The herps. Yeah. Well, he was on death row and he kept suing the, the prison system for like being like, you no know, one like they wouldn't have his back. He was he said, like, I'm getting raped and beaten up, and no one's like, the guards aren't stopping. So he kept suing the Arkansas um, state prison, which was interesting, I think. So but, these, if I can ask a question, Josh, are these guys are obviously out now. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember the year that you said. Did they ever try to do any sort of now that, you know, the collection of evidence has gotten a bit uh, better throughout the years, especially since 1993? Um, so, have they ever retested the DNA or anything well, like that? Well, they, that's, that's what got them the Alfred plea was that DNA. Uh, I don't know if they retested it earlier, but the Arkansas State Supreme Court won't let them go back to trial. Yeah. yeah. And but I'm pretty sure enough time has passed where all of a sudden the evidence is no longer required. So they're just burn it. Yeah. But how, how how crazy is that? Like the funny thing was um um Christopher Byer's stepdad was like the biggest, like, you know, like these guys are innocent, they worship the devil. 
he's all over the document like screaming and stuff he always has something about head trauma or something he's a little crazy and then when that, then it was kind of funny to watch him to this documentary he goes the more he got to talk to the producer of the show and really goes i was wrong these kids are innocent and then he was out like he like started screaming in court during the offer plea going this is a injustice this is bullshit like he went from screaming to kill them to like this is injustice for them to be like treated this way it was a fascinating turnaround for this guy whose stepson was like brutally murdered and mutilated i, I mean like this guy can figure it out why can't the judge i feel like it's the same way like oh it's the satan they worship satan they did it they definitely killed him are the same people that would say like oh video games are the reason why kids are so violent or something like that you know we're gonna jump to that next not the video game something like that but something just like that great point um but basically like to sum this one up it was like this is like what you're gonna see from all this this hits it is that the power of the christian religion that it has for good in some places but has a lot of bad in others um this is a big issue that kind of floats out there like Oh, you know, well, you know, what, what's so wrong with the Christian? What's wrong with the Ten Commandments and, and as state capital and stuff like that? Bottom line is, what evidence do you have of these people? Well, they're Satanists because they said they're Satanists. They got to be Satanists, and they're the bad. They're, they're guilty. Well, there's no evidence. They're guilty. Like it's so, no scientific proof is a problem here. That's Did the, the kids even say they were Satanists? Or no, they just, that's they, they were they were assumed to be because they liked Metallica and were Wiccan. Correct. And only one of them was Wiccan. The other kids were like regular kids. That just liked heavy metal. Yes. That's, ridiculous. To, that's ridiculous. And went oh. to raves under uh overpasses. Yes. Um, just <laughs> <laughs> so basically, long story short, especially for these guys, there's too much uh, law for those who can afford it and far too little for those who can't. That's very well said. And the funny thing is, like I, like I said, like, this is going to be a huge four-parter, but I started realizing there's a lot of like the same stories over and over again. Like the Kern County and the McBride, you know, the other daycare, they were the same stories, different places. It's just like all over, just kind of going crazy this time. Um, we're going to talk about something that happened before all this that was kind of helped the kindling of what was going on, but we'll talk about the thing that set the blaze off. All right. Uh, Lewis, you have another plug? Are you out of No, place? actually, I'm going to save them. If it's going to be possible, I'm going to save them just because mm-hmm. if it is a four-parter, I want to be able to save some. No, no, it's, it's long. We're going to do one part because like okay, I said, well, it's, it's, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of like, I go, I told, it'd probably be two parts actually. I told Ross, I said four parter, and he goes, four parts. And I go, yeah. Then I started researching. I was like, get a lot of things. I go, these are all the same stories. Like, I can't be repeating the same. It's just like insert a new innocent poor person here. Yeah. Same story. Okay. So it's like basically a Marvel movies, different superhero. It's, same it's Star Wars is the same. The oh, last yeah. three were like the oh, same. Yeah. But it's every Marvel movie, dude. Iron Man. Gets the abilities, questions is a beats the bad guys, questions his abilities, regains his abilities, saves a day. Overpowers his everything. It's all the same, dude. What's this Deadpool or Guardians of the Galaxy? That's the only way it's different. All right. Yeah, well, yeah if I can do this uh, this plug right now, um, 
uh, when li- uh, well, yeah, there's a whole slogan, so I gotta remember to, to, to read the slogan because uh, it's part of the, how I get paid. When life gives you lemons and you get arrested for something, then visit Trevor's Bail Bonds offices with two locations, one in Macon, Georgia, and the other one in Beverly Hills, California. That's in two markets. That's it. Two markets are there. I like it. I know. And and, and the and the, the one in Macon, Georgia, is located uh, two blocks away from the Bucky's, and then the one in Beverly Hills is right next to the Gucci uh, store. So, Trevor's bail bondsmen, get get your money. Get 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 bailed out whenever you know you do anything. But you're whenever you accuse really children of Satan worshiping and put them in jail for. 20 years and then you get accused of it yeah mm-hmm. whatever happened to that stepdad uh oh he, they, 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 which one buyers or the guy that the dna was on yeah they, the did, not per- the, yeah. they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't persecute him yeah because they could yeah him the cops were buddies like it's a very small town that's true yeah it's like it's like like a bro bridge like it's the it's it'd be like if your dad got accused of well I, you know we know the police chief Mike Hughes, they would never do that. He he dated my mom. The police chief actually dated my mom before my dad. See, then I'd be like, oh, there's no way. There's no way he could have done something like that. He's the nicest guy. Steve, repeat. I don't remember his name. I think it was Steve. But they're all all crooked. Um, All right. We're going to go back to 1979. There's a kid named Dallas Egbert. And he disappeared from Michigan State University where he was a sophomore at the age of 16. The fuck? Why was he in college that young? Well, why do you uh, think? He's, a, he's smart. There you go. Yeah, I guess so. Probably on the spectrum. Because he lives in Michigan. Because <laughs> <wait, laughs> the spectrum because he lives in Michigan? No, he was, he was considered smart in Michigan. Oh, he was in Michigan. Oh, wow. <laughs> like that, he was considered smart. That's hilarious. Um, so he disappears that no one can find him. His family can't get in touch with him because his family lives in Texas. And they call an FBI, sorry, a personal investigator named William Deere. William Deere goes up, searches this guy's room, and looks on his board, sees these random thumbtacks, and goes, hey, wait a minute. Those aren't thumbtacks. That's, that's a map of the tunnels under Michigan State University. I have a hunch. His hunch was that Egbert was down there conjuring up spirits by playing an occult evil game called Dungeons and Dragons. How dare he? Does anybody? So, is, I thought that's the way that you do play Dungeons and Dragons. Is if you don't if you don't conjure up at least one demon, then how are you supposed to level up? I mean, is that how you played it when you were growing up? No, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons at all. I'm just saying, since, since we're talking about crazy stuff. Right <laughs> I now. know. That was the joke. I was trying to go with the joke. Have you played anything like that, Ross? Uh, I have not, but a lot of my students play, and we're trying to get together like after school one day and like put a Dungeons and Dragons like club together. But they have to design all of their characters oh, and the that's sets. That's pretty cool. Stuff. It takes a lot of imaginations. Um, Dungeons and Dragons was created by two guys, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, who are very, very religious. They're Catholic. Hmm. And they really loved mili- military war games, like how you, you know, you see it like on Game of Thrones and other things where it's like the little scenes that kind of move pieces into place. and they move them. Yeah. Yeah. Riffs. That's cool. Go, we like that. They go, 
they they were also like history majors, and they go, "We love history, love fiction, our fantasy fiction. Let's make a little game about it." And it's all about that. You have your character, you create a character, use your imagination, and you roll dice. You see what you do. Um, and this I, is very popular. What's up? I've been told I would make a really good dungeon master, just with my creativity. I think I so. I can see it in the face. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about when people say that. You see this? Wait, wait why, Lewis? My face looks like a dungeon master. It's just great. It does. It does. It's just, it's the, it's the shape. Thanks. It's the shape. Okay. okay. It's, it's, everything's very even. I don't even the know how round. to describe it, but you have the, the whole Charlie staring thing going on, where it's like the perfect triangle of beauty. And I think that's what that is. Oh, I appreciate that. I've never been compared to. Charlie Theron, sometimes Ryan Reynolds or Zac well, Efron, but not Charlie Theron. Well, let me let me elaborate. Charlie Theron in Monster. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, um, when she yes. was in, what was where was she like really ugly? What movie was she? That was Monster. That oh, was okay. Monster. Oh, okay, she was a serial okay. killer. Oh, gotcha. Um, I appreciate that. That's so great. Welcome. <laughs> um. So Deer thought he's down there playing this game. His mind's getting warped by this evil entity, and he's gone crazy. And I gotta go find him, and I gotta go save him. Um, you know, he like he was an interview, and he goes, it, "This this game celebrates murder. It it glorifies murder. It glorifies ritual abuse. It glorifies Satanism." Uh, the funniest part was Deer couldn't find Egbert at all. He searched for like a week and couldn't find him. So he flies back to Texas. He comes back. He gets a phone call from one of the guy's classmates and goes, he's here. He's alive. So he flies back up. Then he goes, I met him. And it was just like, you could tell like, like he wasn't normal. Like, like it had warped his brain. Granted, he'd never spoken to this kid ever before. Um, Deer kind of goes, hey, look, this is like the evil of Dungeons and Dragons. So he starts writing up on like, he writes books about this and pamphlets about this. He, he gives it to churches and to, you know, to warn of the dangers of Dungeons and Dragons. Egbert ends up committing suicide a few years later and they go, the Dungeons and Dragons did it. It warped his little mind. Now not look the at bullying the, or the, the bullying. turmoil that he's gone through. And the funny thing, he goes, he just kind of talks funny. I go, because it's on the fucking spectrum. Yeah, Jesus. But they didn't know back then. There's weird. No, kids. we we didn't know. Yeah. Or even in 1970, whatever. Exactly. 1970, 1980. Um, the best part was, yes. No, I'm saying I love how a majority of these are during that time where I guess there wasn't uh, any sort of identification of these things in the DSW or whatever it's called. Yeah, no, yeah. The, then, uh, DSM-5. DSM, yeah. yeah. That, yeah, so everything there. is just everything is just uh, is the devil. The devil. I mean, pretty much. You, I think I said it before, but you think about how these people like they're schizophrenic back in the day, or bipolar, or on the spectrum. Back like the medieval times, they were probably they're possessed by demons. They were tortured because their minds were a little bit off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But think think back to your like high school days. Or your school days, how many kids are like, that's a weird kid? And you're like, oh, that kid was on the spectrum, but we just didn't know. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That was about yeah. where we were. Yeah. We had this kid yeah. in school. He'd like punch himself and stuff, and we didn't know like 
what was happening. We just thought he was weird. Like that was it. But there was not like I had not heard the term autistic or on the spectrum until I was teaching, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't a thing. Exactly. Yeah, there's a kid named uh, there's a kid named Spanish Fly. Well, that's what we called him. I highly doubt that was his real name. Um, <laughs> who constantly would wear like a Sonic the Hedgehog like helmet and like a onesie, and he would run, constantly run around in high school, like from one class to another. And he's like, "I'm so fast! I'm so fast! I'll beat you!" And I would constantly tell him just because he would just tell everybody that, and like, "Bro, I will murder you when it comes to running." So <laughs> it was just one of those things. So you didn't you didn't help the situation. Sonic the Hedgehog is a gateway, man, to <gasps> it is. weird things. To the Pentagon. It is. It's towards the devil. Um, but like, pretty, pretty much. But like I said, the issue was these churches started getting a hold of it. You know, what do you do if your kid's playing Dungeons and Dragons? Like, they had these comic books. And it was hilarious. Basically, the gateway of the devil. Um, they would teach, like, parents, like, these are the signs to see if your kid's playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, a lot of the damage was like slander and falsehoods on TV. Um, Gary Gygax, the guy who made it, was on an interview I saw. And the interviewer goes, Now, let me ask you if 12 kids were part of a murder suicide and the only connecting factor was Dungeons and Dragons, what do you mean that Dungeons and Dragons was root cause? And Gygax goes, Well, if it did happen, he goes, Are you saying it didn't happen? And he goes, I didn't even find proof. And he goes, and the interviewer goes, so you're, so you're denying that it happened. And that guy goes, I was saying I need proof it happened. So are you saying you deny? So the problem was it never happened. It was a hypothetical. But the interviewer was able to kind of like paint that doubt in the people, like these idiot people watching the news going, this guy's denying that these tw- these, this 12-kid this murder-suicide happened. By not that it was the word. Yeah, not that it was... Um that he wouldn't agree to that being connected to Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Because guy gets kept going, I'd have to see the full thing if it happened, what the circumstances were, and he kept going, oh, so you're denying that it didn't happen? And guy gets like, I gotta see it. I get, you gotta prove <laughs> yeah. it happened. It's just, you know, it's kind of like, you know. What, um, what would be a telltale sign? What, what would be one of the signs um, that the news would say, look out for your kids. Like if they do this or that, what would be a telltale sign you think? Oh, uh, they'd have dice in their, in their pockets. No lie. Um, if they started not want to go to church, if yeah. they want to listen to, to heavy metal music, kind of, you know, spending time in their room by themselves, uh, locking their doors, so this is like everything. Lewis, what do you think? What would what would be a telltale sign? Uh, they're listening to Andrew Dice Clay at the time. I would say that um, they would uh, they would go to church, but then they sit in the back, and then every single time it's time for for the for the wafer or for the Eucharist, they'd mm-hmm. actually go and say that they have to go to the bathroom. But then the mom would tell them, like, don't go to the bathroom. You've been doing this already every single time we go. He's like, I really have to go to the bathroom. And she's like, every time you do this, you have to go to the bathroom. And then he yells out, like, mom, leave me alone. But then everybody hears it. And then it causes that awkward moment within the actual, like, mass. I think those are the, those are the ones. Uh, mine would be, um, uh, Johnny, are you still dating uh, Teresa? Uh, yes, man. Yes, uh, that. Okay, good. You're not playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good one. That's a That's pretty nice. good one. Yeah. 
I like how I gave you like real things and both of you had a very I was I was seeing good. where your creativity went and you failed miserably. Well, I, I thought you were asking for real. That's the problem. So my apologies. <laughs> so no, is I, it I, like so, so I wanted a funny response. My bad. So if they were carrying dice, it's in their pocket. So they're like, oh, you play Dungeons and Dragons. It could never have been like, first of all, no. One, I'm really into Yahtzee. And then two, I'm into that street game where you like play dice. Craps. And then it yes, has, yeah. craps. Like I'm really into that. I'm in I'm in the cribs and I need 500 stacks because I'm about to go play. I have Thank a gambling you. addiction. I need these dice in my pocket yeah. to always be ready for a game. Yeah. But I, I always find it kind of funny because you know, like the commercial back in the 80s where it's like, where'd you get these? The drugs. I love her watching you, okay? That commercial. Yeah. I just see them where they're like digging the like, <gasps> dice. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that like back then, let's say 1970-something or 1980s, Dungeons and Dragons was considered like sac- Satan worshiping and was mm-hmm. probably the cause of suicides and deaths and stuff. And now they're making a movie out of it with Chris Pine. Oh yeah, or a series. It's a series, isn't it? So the funny thing was, there's yeah, there's zero death related to Dungeons and Dragons. Zero no, yeah, yeah. But they, they point like, this is what it is. It's the devil. They're it's trying the to devil. say that. Yeah. The worst part was the cop that the churches started training cops on these same like telltale signs. They got crazy, you know. Like after this stage, a level of character, the the player, the person becomes violent. They need to seek out a female version to sacrifice. The best part was I first wrote a theme. They need a virgin to sacrifice. I know what you both were going to say was, well, just get one of the other guys just, playing with them. They can <laughs> sacrifice one of them. They're yep. virgins. But a female virgin. No, Lewis? That's, I, I just think that's shady. You know what it reminds me of a lot? Um, it reminds me of like the D.A.R.E. program. I remember like they would Absolutely. like, yeah. yeah, like they would literally go to schools and be like, oh, this is, uh, you know, cocaine, but you can also call it crack and freebase and this and that, blah, blah, blah. Usually you can get it here. And it's like they're teaching kids how to get drugs, but they everyone's put two or two together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Um, like yeah. this is cocaine. It makes you really hyper. Uh, you get a lot of tasks done. Um, it's mass produced mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily like hurt you health wise. And you're like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, down, downside of these are side effects. You'll start to do this at clubs on the toilet seat because of how desperate you get. Yeah. Like <laughs> this so, is your lungs on smoking. This is your lungs not on smoking. Yeah, this is your brain on drugs. Oh, but pretty much that. But it is bang on that. I think the craziest thing was them going around like explaining to kids this is so evil. And it wasn't really. It was just these children wanting to have some fun with their imaginations. But the best part was the sign, like the real signs, like I said, which I'm surprised neither of you jumped on, was the dice in the pocket, which you talked about, the music, not wanting to go to church. Who wanted to go to church at like no. 15, 16 years old? No one. No one. The fact that it was like everyone, lot- if if they're not if they're not what's it called playing D and D. That's true. They love Jesus. Um, or the music you listen to, and then I was like, you're like, oh, he's constantly playing in sync in his room. He's fine. Like Exactly. Little do as you know. Um, but another thing was, like, they kept the doors locked to their room a lot. 
I'm pretty sure if you have a teenage boy with a door mm. locked and the music up, there's something else going on in there. And it's not Dungeons and Dragons. He <laughs> is casting a different type of spell with his <laughs> wand. Yeah. 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 We used to call those kids the Punishers because they were constantly, you know. No comment because my mother listens to this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Ms. Ross. Punishers. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think my brother has played Dungeons and Dragons before. Um, so that is pretty funny. I, I've actually played with my cousin. He's like really into it. It's just, um, it's all like your head. You're like, okay, you walk into a room and there is a, um, you know, there's, there's this chest and you touch the chest and these demons pop up or these goblins pop up. You have to roll dice if you kill them or not. But some people get really into it. They're like, this is my character. This well, is my backstory. Yeah, you have to like pick what you want to do. So be like, oh, I I cast a invisible force field around myself. And then you roll to see how effective it is. How yes. effective that force field is. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there was this page on Instagram for a while. I think I got rid of it. I was seeing a while. It was called um, Strange Requests of Dungeons and Dragons. It was kind of like, well, can I seduce the goblin, or can I have sex with the goblin? And I was like, <laughs> some of them were stupid. I was like, that's a good uh, one. That's a good one. Can I offer him a dirty massage? Wait, wh- why is this all sex related? Probably because I don't get a lot of these kids. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's all these nerdy kids. Um, um, <laughs> I think wasn't there, and you probably don't know this, Josh, but wasn't there something similar? To like this and Dungeons and Dragons in the in the nineties with that uh, that like PlayStation game Parappa the Rapper. Oh yes, I love Parappa the Rapper. I've never heard yeah, of that. So... <gasps> what? Yeah. That uh, and like Crash Bandicoot really set well, people that, up. Yeah. that really was like a big big problem for these kids. Like, yeah, just, you know, oh, rapping. See, you want to kill people? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've talked about all this backlash where did this all come from what was the spark that set it ablaze Dungeons and Dragons really was like kindling on the fire that really like you know tinder kind of blew it up fan the flames but it started in of all countries Canada mm. makes mm. sense because they it's- sit in cabins and do nothing for hours oh yeah both of you are going to love this one. This one, I was like, holy shit. It all started with a book in 1980 called The Book of Mormon. Oh, Just yes. kidding. Oh, dang. Michelle remembers. A lot of people think the book that started was the Satanic Bible by Antoine LaVey, but it wasn't. The Satanic Bible, I'll just kind of quick aside, was written by Antoine LaVey. He just took a bunch of Hindu and Buddhist writings and Christian writings and made it all like very sexual. And that was the Satanic Bible. It's a guy who's like very horny writing a Bible and is stealing ideas from the other religions. That's all it is. It was, it was hilarious. Um, but the book Michelle remembers is written by a psychiatrist named Dr. Lawrence Pazder. And his patient, Michelle Smith, who he was also fucking. Whoa. Whoa. For him. Ha- having. Having relations. Wait, okay, he was having relations, intimate relations. 
with his own patient. Mm -hmm. That's not a problem, right? Not if you're doing it right. <laughs> High five, Ross. High five. <laughs> that zinger was brought to you by Trevor's Bail Bonds. <laughs> um, are Tre Trevor or Trent's? Trent's. Trevor. Trevor's. Trevor's. Okay. Yeah. Hey, guys, this is the end of part one. Make sure you stay tuned for part two.